In today's episode, we're speaking to Barbara Garrison. Barbara is a career and money breakthrough coach and a job you love expert at Internal Groove, the company she founded 14 years ago. She helps burned out success-driven professionals who are just going through the motions design a career based on their truth that makes them leap out of bed even on Monday mornings. Today, we're speaking to Barbara about how your beliefs around money impact your career choices. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today, once again, we have the amazing, the gorgeous, the lovely Barbara um, Garrison. I hope I pronounced the name correctly. How are you, Barbara? Yes. <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here and to see you. Thank you so much for coming back, Barbara. You were such an awesome guest last time on Friday Feature. It's taken us a little bit of time to get you back on here because of your health issues, but we're finally here and I'm so excited to be speaking to you. So Barbara, we've had the intro. We know who, you know how amazing you are. Can you tell us everybody in your own words? Tell us in your own words what it is that you do. Yeah, so I am a career and money breakthrough coach. And what I really do is specialize in working with success-driven professionals who are just going through the motions. You know, they have success on their resume. They have all of the titles and the fancy things that they think that they want, but there's a part of their soul that is still leaking out of them. And so I help them redesign or design a career that really helps them live their truth and leap out of bed every day, even Monday mornings. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. And today specifically, we're going to be talking to Barbara about how your beliefs around money impact your career choices. Now, why did you pick this topic, Barbara? Tell us why why are your beliefs so important around money? Well, when I first started my coaching business, which is called Internal Groove, this was now 15 years ago. And um, I, I began as a career coach. And what I noticed after a couple of years, really, it started right away, but a couple of years that almost all the clients I was working with were bumping up against beliefs and fears and assumptions around money that were getting in their way of making the choices that were right for them in their career, taking steps forward, making changes, having courageous conversations, things Mm. like that. So I went back and did some studying and another certification around being a money breakthrough coach. Mm. And what I now do is I really integrate those together, not like two separate topics. Right. They're all together because I, I really find that, you know, our, the way we value ourselves is directly impacting our uh, bank account or our, our net worth and our self-worth are closely aligned. I, I definitely agree. And one of my famous topics, that I, I mean, my, my famous sayings that I say is your self-worth determines your net worth. I, I truly yes. believe that. And that's, yeah, I've said that quite, quite a lot. 
and yeah there's a and there's a there's a psychology behind it too unfortunately most people have the other way around they believe that they actually take their net worth to determine the self-worth and it's it's unfortunately a, a spiraling downwards kind of a, a cycle now what kind of beliefs do people have which inhibit them from taking the next step what sort of beliefs do you come across which are very common well I'm going to first characterize the most general thing I see, which is really not really truly valuing themselves, Mm. valuing their gifts and talents or valuing their truth. So I sort of see those as two different things, valuing themselves in that they are unique. There's only one them in the whole wide world and no one else can do what they do exactly how they do it. And so often people live with these shoulds, you know, how I should do it because so-and-so says, or my, my dad said, that's how I should do it. Or I grew up with a family that, you know, I'm a fourth generation, you know, doctor, and now I have to do that, you know, all kinds of things like that. They're not valuing what's really real for them and, or not valuing really what they bring to the table Mm -hmm. and what they bring to their table in their very special uniqueness. And that doesn't have to be a lot of doing even, mm. um, you know, it can, it can really be like who you are, what, what you bring to the table in your career with who you are. Cause I find many people undervalue that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally see that. So that's, that's, I think that's a big umbrella of yes. there's so many beliefs underneath underneath that. I think that also triggers the imposter syndrome, which by the way, is very common. Even the most high achieving people have do suffer from um, imposter syndrome, myself included. You know, I, you can, I, I remember I, I passed the bar exam and I, you know, I was like, oh, I remember when I was taking the exam, it was so hard. I remember the New York bar I'm talking about. The New York bar exam, the pass rate for that is ridiculous, like 30%. And I passed first time. And when I when I was thinking, okay, if I don't pass, it's okay, whatever, whatever, I was making all the excuses up. When I passed, it's like, oh, I just got lucky. You had to play uh, yes. your talent. So when I wanted to do the English bar exam, which I did afterwards, by the way, to become barrister, I was thinking, oh, I passed that, but then maybe that was a fluke or, you know, whatever. And I took these exams again, stupidly, or, you know, or, you know, had these limiting beliefs, did exceptionally well again. But again, oh, I just got lucky on the day. It's Every time something big has happened, I've just underplayed it. Like, oh, I got lucky, or I just did this, or I just knew the exam things going. I intuitively knew what well, you you sort of do these you know, stupidness, I would call it, and you sort of explain away your achievements, and then you yes. have the imposter syndrome thinking, well, who am I to do X, Y, and Z? Yes, you find that very common, and that stems from the lack of confidence was lack of self-worth that's what I when I look back in, in, in hindsight now and unpack myself I wish I knew myself when I was younger <laughs> I knew someone like me <laughs> don't we all don't we all <laughs> someone like you but now when I unpack I know this is exactly what you're saying I had such less a low self-worth that I, had, I couldn't be this high achiever so I had to explain away with coincidence and luck it and you know, luck and you know fluke or whatever to exp- had to justify my achievements. There was no way that I could achieve them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And I, I see that level of self-doubt all the time. Mm. And I find that, you know, most people have it because they don't know otherwise. Like they haven't stopped and paused 
long enough to take a look at this and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, why do I do that? And you know, it's funny that you say that. I actually don't really believe in luck. And I don't mean that to sound pessimistic, but I I don't think there's this magical thing out there that is labeled luck. I mean, you know, maybe there's leprechauns with green beer on St. Patrick's Day, but other than that. (laughs) Well, we we live next to Ireland, so maybe... I I feel like we create our own actions. We create our Mm. own success. We create our own uh, progress. We create our own lessons. We create our own opportunities. You Mm. know, which ones do you want to walk through the door of? I mean, I feel like they they show up all the time, but they're very subtle sometimes. I I, I think of it as like a crack in the door. Sometimes you have to notice the door is just cracking open and you got to really walk through it. Mm. And then you've got to own the fact that you belong there. Like you belonged having passed those exams Mm. that are difficult to pass. It wasn't a matter of luck. It was that you created that. It's a combination of things, who you are, the way you think, the way you believe about yourself, the way you studied, your training, your education, even just the way your brain works. You know, some of these things we can go out and gather like education, Mm. but then there's other things that are just who we are. And what I really notice is that things that come naturally to us, those are things most often people swat away. Like those are no big deal. And they think everybody has those. And the truth is that they don't. And if we can really notice what our natural gifts and talents are, not only is it fun to us, because these are things that are literally innate to who we are, but it's usually where we are the most rewarded, where we enjoy ourselves the most, where we're the most recognized, because it really is the truth of who we are. And subjugating those for any reason at all is really starting to build a foundation of self-doubt, which doesn't serve us. No, and I'm going to add to that. I think that you're you're absolutely hundred ten percent right in that regard, because we find those um, things so easy. They come those those skills come so easily to us. Doesn't everyone have them? I mean, exactly. Everyone have them, so you don't recognize how valuable they are. One of mine is from from the young from the time I can remember. I can talk. I can talk for England, and I have been able to talk. And I've I've spoken very fast. And I speak very fast. I've always been very articulate. But it's always been, doesn't everybody like, and I've, I've always thought, oh, I shouldn't talk so much. I shouldn't uh-huh. talk so much. I shouldn't talk so much. I talk too much. Now I get paid to talk. It's, it's one of those weirdest things that I've had. And I've been told not to talk so fast, which is something, which is part of my modality now, by the way, it's, it's the reason why my energy claims are so powerful is because of the speed I speak at. But there's so many things that I can look back and I've actually thought either that everybody else has those abilities or that's my like one of my one one of my biggest one was because I'm dyslexic. I speak I my you know the way of my uh, I sort of overcame that when I'm studying. I didn't know until I was 19. My math is always catching up with my brain, so I'm always speaking really fast. That was one of my so-called shortcomings. I speak too fast. Uh-huh. Yet now it's, it's one strength. of the it was a strength. Yes, but it took me 20 something years to get to this point, Barbara. I always doubted myself even in interviews speak slow speak slow go speak slow like that would be my biggest thing don't speak so fast and don't be so you know and I'm very passionate and very like forceful whatever don't be so aggressive be be a bit more you know docile or be a bit more subdued all the things that make me unique which are the the 
I would say the USB of my business and who I am as a coach. Yes. Were the exact things that I'm like, play down, stop, slow down. And it, isn't it funny that now those are the things which make me unique. And that's why I'm so good at what I do. And when we embrace those things, mm. the sky's the limit, whether it's around financial abundance, whether it's about fun, whether it's about satisfaction, whether yeah. it's about recognition, yeah. whether it's about, you know, I call it that silly grin that you have on your face, that you go to put your head on the pillow at night and you just have that feeling of satisfaction. Like that was a damn fun day. Mm. And you know what, when you're having fun, earning your living, making a difference for people and using your natural gifts and talents, it's first of all, it eliminates 95% of stress and frustration. You know, stress and frustration I find comes when we're trying to fit ourselves in a box that somebody else says we should be in and trying to, you know, shorten our elbows and cut our hair and, you know, tone it down as you're talking about, which by the way, is something, you know, I had a lot too. It's funny. I have a photo of me from, I think I was about four years old and I'm look very serious. I mean, I look like I'm president of the United States and I never wanted to be that, but I'm four years old in this little pink dress. And I have this little, like, you know, sprocket on the top of my head. And I'm talking on a little pink plastic phone and it's a portrait. And I mean, I look literally like I'm solving world, world peace. I'm so serious. And it's so funny because my my mom now makes fun of me that I, you know, I get paid to talk on the phone for a living. And at four years old, I was talking to everybody. I was having conversations with all kinds of people, big world leaders. And, you know, I'd line up all my stuffed animals and give them workshops and do public speaking engagements for them and everything. And, you know, this is, this is a clue mm-hmm. to, to everyone listening is that this is where you will find many of your natural gifts and talents. It's the things that you did before someone said, oh, don't do that. That's silly. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's not nice. Or before teachers or parents, well-meaning teachers and parents who cared about you, wanted the best for you, tried to fit you in, you know, society's limiting structure, whether it's education or, you know, the family system or whatever it may be. So look for those things you did when you were, when you were a child and you were really free and you, you, you invented stuff, whatever you did naturally that you Mm -hmm. invented um, is usually a clue to really the work you're truly meant to do. There's Mm -hmm. little pieces of that. Agreed. And this reminds me of something else again. I've always been told I'm too aggressive. I'm just, and I, I don't call it the word aggressive. I think aggressive is the wrong word. I think passionate is the word for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I've been told, oh, I shouldn't, you know, talk so loud and I shouldn't be this. And I should be, not my mother, by the way. So let's get this clear. My mother never said anything. She doesn't be who I am. And that's probably the reason why I am the way I am. Uh-huh. But my extended relative, relatives or uncles and aunts and people who know me, or even teachers, oh, because I'm too loud, I'm too forceful, I'm too aggressive. And I think all those skills made me the ambitious person that I am and got to me the success that I have today. And I mean, I wouldn't have the success if I wasn't so determined and so motivated and passionate about what I do. Yet, if I listened to all those people all those years ago, I tried, by the way, I did try. I did try to listen to them. (laughs) Too long. Many people have done that. It's not just you. Until you figure out, first of all, it's a lot more work to listen what everybody else thinks you should do yeah. than to just listen to your own intuition and your own truth and yourself in terms of what feels natural to you. It's so much easier and, and work doesn't feel like work. You know, your career doesn't feel as exhausting. You don't mm. feel as stressed. It's, it's amazing how you can eliminate all those things that, that make life harder 
when, when we just live our truth yeah. and we don't apologize for it. Now, you know, that doesn't mean go around hurting other people's feelings of course not. or yes. being, you know, setting things on fire or anything like that, but being the truth of who you are, I, the way I say it is with grace and style, mm. meaning your own version of grace and style, because yeah. there's not one version of that. It's whatever that feels like for you, which is really about you know, honoring other people's differences and recognizing we are all different. And if we really could um, recognize and, and celebrate that, all the different roles in the world would, would get met. All of the different people that we need, the professionals, the thinkers, the dreamers, the creatives, the, 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 the linear thinkers, like all the different things that are needed to solve the world's problems and challenges would get met if everybody would like listen to what they can contribute for themselves. Mm. And that's one of the most satisfying ways I find to have a career. And it, it doesn't mean that it just has to be, you know, travel to a third world country and join the Peace Corps, unless that's what you want to do. You can still make a good living doing it. And I don't believe that you have to choose between your truth or your livelihood. That's something I bang on the desk about. Like, this is something we can have both. Agreed. And it takes a little more time sometimes or a little bit more exploration, mm-hmm. uh, self-discovery to determine yeah. what that is. And usually it's a journey. It doesn't just come in one moment, but we have to, we have to fight for that. Like we have to know that that's, that's our birthright. Like we can have that. We don't have to give one up for the other. Agreed. Agreed. So, so the first thing that I think that I think we both agree on is you you need to look deep within yourself and see what, Am I truly thinking and believing about myself? You know, what, how do I, what do I think is myself worth? What do, do I think I deserve? Because that's going to have a direct impact on what you go for, what you, you know, you aim for. And even the career choices, you know, I think I've, I found that a lot. You know, I've, I mean, I'm an oddball. I just go, whatever career, whatever I do, I want to do the best and I want to be the best. I'm just an oddball. Uh-huh. But generally, what I find with people is, even that, you know, if someone wants to be a doctor, and when I was, by the way, I was thinking of being a doctor until I, uh, that was another story all the time, but I, I couldn't, I can't stand hospitals and blood. But anyway, until, <laughs> not a good career then for you. <laughs> so my, my, actually, there's a funny story behind it. My math teacher, because I'm naturally gifted with maths, he's the one who actually forced me to go and actually do a work experience in a hospital before I committed myself to medicine, to medicine as a degree. That's a good teacher. He's a great teacher, brilliant teacher, Mr. Moham. I still remember his name, bless him. And once I went there, I hated hospitals. I hated doctors. I hated everything to do with medicine. Gosh. <laughs> and actually, he's the one who recognized the fact that I was so gifted as a, as a you know, uh, uh, orator, so, so to speak, that he suggested I go into law. He said, you make a really, really good lawyer. I, not, I wonder why he didn't call me a mathematician, even though I was doing double A level maths. But anyway, he sent me towards law and ended up taking that as a credit choice. But, you know, I, you know I've, I've lost my trail of thought. I was thinking about now. Um, <laughs> Talking about the tangent, um, what, was, what were we saying? I've forgotten my trail of thought. Well, you were talking about career choices. Oh, career choices. Uh huh. So you know, it, so doctors. So that's thank you for reminding. Me. So career choices in terms of doctors. When I was thinking of becoming a doctor, my idea was I'm going to become a plastic surgeon. I'm going to be the best plastic surgeon in the world, and I'm going to do you know work on celebrities and make tons of money and blah blah blah. blah. Hence, money always being a money person, right? Whereas people around me, they're quite happy being a local GP, like a general practitioner. Uh-huh. And that's like the, the highest aim for them. And I was thinking, why would you aim there? Why would you want to go and make 10 times income? 
But I realized I am an oddball. And they think, no, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can get into that uni or I don't think I can get into that sort of play, you know, work placement or whatever. And I found that quite a lot, even with lawyers. And, you know, they, I would aim for the top law firms and others would be open, uh, aiming for the middle or the lower tier. And I found we're in the same uni. We have similar grades. Why wouldn't you want to aim higher? But now looking back in hindsight, it's for that reason, isn't it, Barbara? Because they don't believe they can get to those top places, even if they go into these professions. Just getting to the professions is enough, not aiming even further or even in terms of the higher firms or the higher, you know, the higher salaries. They just settle for something little. Have you found that as quite a Well, I think that's sometimes true. I don't think it's always true. And I'll tell you why, because I think there are different qualities, different aspects of our essence that come up in, say, like, I'm going to call it a small town GP country doctor yeah. who who likes to know everyone in town and mm-hmm. see all the various people and spend a lot of time with people and get to know their families and their dogs and be at the graduations. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing here. But then, you know, there's also other people who would really love to be doctors, but they have no interest in working with celebrities because mm-hmm. they're not interested in that aspect of the work. And it's not about necessarily about earning the most money or not earning money. It's more about what's the most in alignment Mm. with who they naturally are. So I think what you're saying is true. I just think it's sometimes that. Mm. And then sometimes it's also other things. And I think that's part of the problem with things, thoughts like this is, you know, our parents will be like, you know, you got to go for whatever the career is that can make you the most money. Hmm. And, you know, you're using the example of doctor, there's, there's a wide range of that. And, you know, listen, there's doctors without borders, right, that that Mm -hmm. volunteer their time and go around the world to third world countries. And they're still doctors. And they are maybe just making stipends to cover their costs, and they're getting their housing covered. Mm -hmm. So, it, it isn't about, you know, the income. It, it, it is about where is the alignment for you. And I do a lot of work with people to get clear on the details of that. You know, most people can identify, you know, their their um, their title, like their job title or mm. what I call their final answer. And what I often will say to people is let's put the final answer on the side for a moment. Let's keep it to the side. And we actually do some some work over the course of weeks, sometimes months to really get underneath. Mm. Well, what does that look like? What are the qualities of that? Where does that fit your value? Values. Where does that fit your unique essence? Where does it fit, you know, what you like to spend time doing with? I mean, for example, there are doctors that work with data all day long. Yeah. And then there are doctors that work with people all day long. And then there's doctors that work with ideas and concepts all day long. Mm. Those are three very different kinds of doctors. And so to get clear on what those preferences for you are about and what's in alignment with you is is a really, really important thing. Now, what I do think is true about what you were saying is people will sometimes question what's possible for them Hmm. because, oh, I'm not really good at that or, oh, that everybody can do that. Well, like we said before, Hmm. no, not everybody can do that. And the truth is anything that is your truth is possible to earn a living doing anything. Agreed. Agreed. Anything. Now, does it take some creativity to develop it? Does it take some, maybe some very interesting choices? Does it take sometimes a curvy path to get there? Yes. But anything that is your truth is possible to earn a living at anything. 
Well, if you said that, then the next question then is, Barbara, how, you know, so for example, and I, because I, in my practice, I get a lot of people, now I know they're talking about careers, but this is slightly off tangent, but there are plenty of people listening to the most, most people listening to this uh, podcast would be entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, people who are in the corporate sector want to move, transition into, into entrepreneurship. And they have this thing that, can I do it? Will I do it? You know, how can they build that self-belief? How can they build up their self-worth? That, you know, because a lot of those people are, they their profession has been ingrained or become part of their identity. For, for the longest time, I was, who was I? I was a lawyer. I'm still yes. a lawyer. But, you know, now I'm, I'm a mother or, and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, an, you know, I'm a business owner or whatever as well. But for the longest time, who was I? I was a lawyer. Who mm-hmm. are you? I'm an accountant. Who are you? I'm a doctor. Who are you? I'm an architect. So how do they build up their self-worth in and move into exactly what you said? So I truly believe what you just said, that you can make a living out of whatever you like, whatever you choose, whatever you have mm-hmm. a passion for. But you have to build up the self-belief and self-worth that you can. How does a doctor who's maybe in hospital doing, I don't know, neurosurgery, leave that and go and do something else? Maybe like, you know, doctors with borders or, you know, doctors without borders rather. How does how how would he transition from one to the other if you know and how do they build the self-belief that they can do this? Yeah. So th- th- this is what I work with people on. I work with what I what I call um, secret entrepreneurs, a lot of people who've been very successful in corporate positions. And they're they're secretly wanting to be an entrepreneur, but they they're not sure they're ready or they're mm. the right fit or can they do it? Yeah. So you're absolutely right that the first step is really working on their beliefs around what's possible for them. Now, I do believe we have what I call the entrepreneurial bone <laughs> and it's a bone you have to take the, an x-ray for. And mm. what I mean is you have to look inside not everybody has the entrepreneurial bone. Yes, that's some people true. have it and some mm. people don't. Now that doesn't mean it's good or bad. There are people that are excellent at being specialists in a certain area and working for a corporation, you know, most of their adult life. That's perfectly fine. The key is when you don't know which one you are and then you're trying to be the other one and then you can get really really frustrated. The other thing is if you do have the entrepreneurial bone and I think there's a lot of different qualities that help you know that. But if you do have it, you don't always have to start your own business. You can go work for another entrepreneur and help them build something in a startup situation. You can even work for a corporation, but with what I call a business within a business. So for example, maybe you're in real estate and you work for a larger company, but you really are in charge of your own business within your business. And it isn't like you have a boss telling you you should be working on this or that. And there's a lot of independent people like that, independent salespeople, Mm -hmm. other people that work independently, consultants, even though they still work under the umbrella of a large company. Mm -hmm. So um, the first step I really believe is that you have to be all in no matter what. Yeah. That means you have to be all in for things that don't work. You have to know there will be things that won't go as planned. And can you handle that? Are you someone who is a creative thinker, a creative problem solver? If you're someone who is a creative problem solver, there's no problem you can't solve. There's no solution you can't create. That is one quality of an entrepreneur. Also, If you trust yourself, that has to be at the very top of the list. You Mm -hmm. must trust yourself that not that you know everything there is to know, but that if you don't know, you can figure it out. You will find a way. You will do the research. You will get the education. You will ask for help. 
You will hire a coach. You will work with a mastermind group. You will ask a colleague. You will do some brainstorming. You will, you know, get a mentor, like any of those kinds of things. But the key is that you're not going to just sit there waiting for someone to tell you what to do next. You have to be someone who I call it being a rabble rouser, which is what I am. And I know you are too. It's you, you have to sort of be a rabble rouser for taking action. You have to be someone who is like not going to sit around waiting for something to happen or waiting for someone to tell you what to do. Now, if you are someone that's like that and you want clear direction, that's completely fine. It just means that you're probably not going to be happy as an entrepreneur. Agreed. And so know that about yourself. So again, it's about understanding your truth. Um, I think that the all in piece is really critical. When I first started this business, you know, it was 15 years ago. And I said, you know what, if I have to stand on the corner with a sandwich board, <laughs> this, this was before social media was as big as it is. But if I have to stand on the corner with a sandwich board to advertise my services, I am literally willing to do that if I have to. Now, luckily, I never had to do that. But it's the willingness to be that all in rather than focusing my energy on, well, what if it doesn't work? And what if Mm. I can't? And what if, and what if, and what if? You spend more of your energy doubting what's not going to work. You're more committed to your doubts than you are your vision. And that, that either means you're not meant to be an entrepreneur or you're not ready and you need to do some more work around your beliefs and your fears and your assumptions. You know, usually yeah. I find people who are in corporate settings and they are always frustrated that they can't be the ones making the decisions. Those are usually people that make very good entrepreneurs, hmm. even if they make decisions that turn out to not be good ones. Like they're willing to take responsibility for that. They're willing to say, you know what, this didn't work and that's okay, but let me see where I can make some adjustments, some tweaks or pivot and do something differently, but I'm willing, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to try it again. Mm. And I'm not going to make that mean something about me. I'm not going to make it mean that I'm no good at this. It's just, it's part of the world of being an entrepreneur. In fact, I would say entrepreneurship is probably, I believe the most creative thing you can do. And that might surprise some people. It doesn't mean artistic, although you might be artistic also, but that's separate. Um, the most creative thing you can do because you're literally making stuff up out of nothing. Yeah. And you're you're literally making it up. Some days you show up to work and you have no idea what the end of the day (laughs) is going to look like. You're literally making it up. Now, if you're someone who loves that, like loves to build something out of nothing, you probably are someone who uh, has an entrepreneurial bone. So I, I walk people through a number of exercises to help them get clear. Once they're clear, they do have that entrepreneurial bone. What I find is usually that self-doubt slowly slips away Mm. and we we do work on the assumptions that they may be making about themselves that just aren't true. Mm. And this is so, this is so, so crucial. I think you've hit the nail on the head. You have to be all in and if you want to go down this path and you have to, and you're going to, you're going to, you know, come across your deepest, darkest demons, especially when it comes to self-worth, you know, your ability, your, the imposter syndrome is going to come by your backside again, again, it, all these things will crop up, but you have to be determined. And I think as you were saying this, I was in my mind, I was ticking off all the things. Yes, that's me. That's me. I was very good at what I do. I'm very good. At, I was, I was a very good lawyer. And even though I'm dyslexic, I did a lot of I did a lot of data work and had a lot of contracts and stuff like that because I was in banking and finance. Most of that is contracts, believe it or not, nothing very exciting, nothing very sexy at all. 
I was very good at it. And but my motivation was, okay, get through this and I'm gonna make money because money, I was thinking I was making a lot of money then. Whereas, you know, I I I hated my job, I hated the environment, I hate mm-hmm. being told what to do, I hate being, you know, you know, had to get, you know, get at I mean, I will I will I will always get work at um, you know, half an hour early, but the fact that I had to be there for nine or eight used to get on my nerves. I didn't want to be there for eight or nine. I want, I want to choose my hours, even though I'd probably get there for seven. You know, that's what I might, my hours. And I would stay later, but I didn't want to be forced that I couldn't leave before five. Does that make sense? It was those sort of things which used to bug me quite a bit. And the thing you just mentioned, I, I like to make my own decisions. I can screw up, but I never let my, you know, my failure or so-called failures, I call them lessons, actually you know dictate anything about me so i know I've, I've lost so much money as an investor and in forex and other trading things i don't think i'm a bad investor i'm just thinking those are lessons <laughs> I'm yeah still you learned a lot I'm about each of those things yeah for sure you know it, it's it's interesting that that you say that about being an entrepreneur because freedom which is what you're describing yeah i, I call it the the five foundations of freedom which i'll tell you about in a second but this is one of the number one values of someone who has an entrepreneurial bone their number one or two or three values are usually creativity, like problem solving we talked mm-hmm. about, and freedom. And not just freedom to not have a boss. That's not a good enough reason mm-hmm. to be your own business owner because often we become the boss that's the most challenging boss we've ever had in our entire lives. <laughs> so it's not because you don't want a boss. But time freedom, mm-hmm. financial freedom, creative freedom, mm-hmm. Freedom to be who you truly are and freedom to make your own decisions. And all mistakes. You know, I, I want to be able to make my mistakes. Okay, I screwed up. I learned. Okay. Yes. Yes. But those five things is really like food and water mm. to us entrepreneurs. Like mm. we have to have those things. And without them, we will always be frustrated. Mm. So we have to design our, even our business, even if we do know we want to be in an entrepreneurial business, we then have to design our entrepreneurial business to fit with that. Because not yeah. every entrepreneurial business looks the same, exactly. nor is the structure of it the same, yeah. nor is our individual day and how that works the same. Um, nor is how we manage ourselves throughout the day the same. So yeah. all of that, I believe, really needs to be designed, which is really what I help people do, um, as long as they are continuing to be all in. And, mm. you know, even if A, B, and C doesn't work, they can still be all in and then try another choice. You know, early there's in another, the business, yeah, that's what it takes, <laughs> you know? And the truth is, if you're not stretching, you're probably not learning things by tripping things up sometimes yeah, or I having agree. it not go exactly as planned. And so, um, you know, there's also uh, one, of, one of my favorite books, which I think is a concept that's really important for any closet or secret entrepreneurs to read, is what I call The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't call it that. That's the name of the book. And I'll just give you the short answer or the short summary of what it is. Really, it's that in order for an entrepreneurial business to be successful, you need three main components. You need the person who is the technician or the person who actually does the technical or physical work of the business. You also need a manager, someone who manages all the aspects of the business, whether it's keeping track of details or things like that, financial aspects, but you also need the entrepreneur. And every entrepreneurial venture needs all three of those parts. Now, either you are someone who is good at all three of those parts. I happen to be good at all three of those, and that works well for me. But that's okay if you're not, but you have to be the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is the one who has the vision, 
who has the ideas, who has the problem solving, many of the things we've already talked about, who, who can pull things forward. If that's not you and you're someone that likes to be the technician, someone who does all the nitty gritty details of the day, and that's what makes them really happy, that's great. But then if you want to start your own business, you have to partner with someone who has the entrepreneurial mindset, or you need to go work with an entrepreneur and do your technical aspect within that. So check out that book for your listeners, um, if for people who are not sure, because those three aspects are so critical that if you only have one, maybe two, you really have to find a way to solve that third area. Mm. Now you can hire someone, yeah. you can get a mentor, you can have a business partner, you can work for someone, someone can work for you. There's lots of ways to solve it, but you cannot have a successful business unless you have all three of those qualities. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna second that. So I was thinking about it when you were saying it. I am a terrible manager. I'm all over the place. I'm not very organized. I'm dyslexic, so my mind works at rapid speed, but all over the place, all the time. I like to have the bigger picture rather than uh-huh. go really focus into the nitty gritty. And but then for that reason, I I hired a manager very early on in my business, and she's brilliant, Jen. She takes care of everything, the nitty gritty of how things need to flow and everything else. And we have other, you know, the, the you know, within within that we've got the 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 day to day running as taken over by by another another team member, and Chris, she's brilliant with that. She you know she knows to do this, answer this query, da, da, da. so we've got these aspects which I cannot do. One, I don't for mm-hmm. the you know, Chris's the Chris's tasks mostly I can probably do, but I don't want to and I don't have the time. Yeah, um, Jen's I couldn't do for the life of me. I wouldn't know how to where to start, <laughs> but. I've got team members doing it. And then obviously there are other things that I've, I've, I've gotten when it comes to the podcast. I had to, you know, we got an amazing um, editor for it and whatever. So anytime I've ventured out in my business, I've got a team member to do things which I can't do for this very reason. Because I'm, I am creative and I am, you know, I like to have the bigger picture, but then I need someone who can bring it all together. And that's exactly what you said. And I was thinking Jen in my mind that if it wasn't for Jen holding it together the way it is, because I, I don't have that ability, I had to go and get someone to be able to manage my business. And it's and so here's crucial. The key. Here's the key to that, Gull. Excuse me. Here's the key is that you don't make that mean something about you. Oh, no. You just know that you have strengths that are in this area and you bring on other people to fill that yeah, in. Exactly. That's what makes one of the things that makes you in alignment with your business. Because mm-hmm. again, you're owning your truth. You're owning what your strengths are and where your time is best spent. Mm-hmm. If you tried to do some of their jobs, and many entrepreneurs try to do this, they become miserable and they end up hating their business because they're trying to be someone that they're not. And, yeah. and, or then they start doubting themselves. Like I'm not good at this. I can't do this. I, you know, comparing themselves to other entrepreneurs who are more successful. This is somehow my fault. Mm. It's not, it's about being clear on your truth, your gifts, and then setting things up in alignment with that. I have the exact same scenario in my team with the people that I work with. There's, there's some people on my team. I don't even want to know what they do. Like, I don't even want to learn how to do it. I mean, I know enough to be able to manage the situation, but I do not want to get involved because if I get too deep, I go down a rabbit hole and it's not good for them and not for me or the business or anyone, (laughs) but I'm not making that like, that's something wrong with me. That's just not where my strengths are. Yeah, exactly. And I think recognizing that and understanding it um, is a strength. 
You know, mm-hmm. I I rather play on my strengths than my weaknesses. And my I, I recognize the fact that I'm I'm just not a very I don't like organizing things. I don't like going nitty gritty and into detail into this this and the whatever else. Um, I like to be you know free and be creative. So that's me. Okay, so in, let's round this up now. So can you just give us a brief overview of what we just talked about? So in conclusion, just so so we can conclude this conversation. Yes. So I think most importantly is that our net worth is very directly related to our Mm self-worth. And if we are truly valuing ourselves and honoring that, we are honoring our own truth. We are honoring who we are, what we're about, what our essence is, what our natural gifts and talents are, what our strengths are, what our values are. I mean, I could go on. The list is very long of all the things that make us special and unique and different. And there is only one of us. That means no comparison to anyone else. That doesn't make us better than other people. It makes us unique. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we could line up like of the work we each do, we could line up 10 other people that do similar work Mm -hmm. and different clients would be attracted to each one of us based on our own chemistry and what makes us unique. And that's perfect. I don't really believe there's such a thing as competition because we are all unique, but it is about telling the truth to ourselves about that. And what I find is many people don't even know how to do that. So self-discovery and slowing things down and getting really clear and maybe working with someone to find out what those things are. Because most of us don't stop long enough to ask those questions and do that deep dive to really get clear. Because when we do that, we create the most amount of satisfaction for ourselves, the most amount of prosperity, the most amount of abundance of all types, joy, happiness, money, you know, prosperity of all sorts. And that is really, to me, the secret to living your purpose. And so, I don't believe that you need to choose between your truth and your livelihood. You can have them both. And I, that is something I will like bang on the desk over. (laughs) You don't have to give one up for the other, but it does take some effort to get there. And then if you are an entrepreneur or you are a secret entrepreneur, wondering if you can do it, we talked today a lot about what are some of the qualities of having what I call the entrepreneurial bone. And what makes you well-suited for that? And if you're not, how do you steer around that? Wonderful. Wonderful. Absolutely fabulous. So, um, uh, Barbara, where can we connect with you? How can we connect with you on the internet? Yes. Well, first of all, let me share to your audience that I have a gift for everyone. Um, And what this is, is if you go to mondaymorningleap.com, this is something that will be in your inbox every Monday morning. It's one to three minutes long. It's usually a video or an audio with the most frequently asked career questions and their answers. Mm -hmm. And these are things that help those secret entrepreneurs we talked about, if you're a corporate person, if you're already an entrepreneur in business, and and it really is designed to set your week out on the right foot. And a lot of it's mindset work. And so you'll appreciate that. A lot of it's mindset work, a lot of it's on self-belief and how you can create a week that is dramatically different than what you might do on your own. And so in under five minutes, you really can create something different. So I hope your listeners will go to that. It's completely free. And through that, you'll have different opportunities to interact with me and even have an opportunity for an invitation for a consultation uh, after you've been in the program for a little bit. And it's all Free. Wonderful, wonderful. So keep this in mind that all the links that are the, the link that Barbara just said and all her um, other website and other links will be in the show notes for the podcast. And if you're watching this on the YouTube, sorry, uh, yes, on YouTube, then on, on the description below, 
down below. You will find her links again. Do go check her out. She's amazing. We had an absolutely brilliant conversation. It was very enlightening and very entertaining too. So I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Barbara, I think we need to have you back. I think you are such a wealth of knowledge. We would love to have you back at some point in a couple of months or a few months time. So do come back and join us. But thank you so much today for being such an awesome guest. Oh, thanks, Cole. I would love to come back. We'll, we'll talk about that. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me and Barbara today on Money Talkies. I will be back on another Money Talkie segment with another amazing guest and sharing a learning from them and sharing their expertise on how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Gore Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.goalcard.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.